Welcome to the Tooth or Dare podcast with Irene and Katrina. The only dental podcast to bring you a Canadian RDH and an American RDH. These ladies bring you mic-dropping interviews with your favorite social media peeps and epic people doing amazing things in dentistry. Now let's put our overgloves together for Tooth Life Irene and Katrina the Wine Genist. to another episode of the Tooth or Dare podcast, peeps, with your peeps, Irene and Katrina. Welcome back to another version of the mm. Irene and Trine dun, dun, episodes. Dun, dun, dun. Yes. Dun, dun, dun. Hello, friends. Oh How are gosh. you? Hi. I'm, I'm good. I don't know. Should I say I'm good? You know how like people are like, how are you? And you're like, good, even though like you're falling apart inside. <laughs> like, should I really yeah. say I'm good? It's like, you know, when you see people on the highway and they have like a broken glass window yeah. and they've got like, the like cellophane up. tape <laughs> and the wind is blowing and you're like, any moment that, it's, that it's cellophane gonna, is just going to like... And then rain mm-hmm. starts, and then you're wondering about the poor little kid sitting in the back seat, just getting drenched. Yeah, That's, is that is that your life? That's basically my life state? right now. Yeah, yeah. Except also the sunroof is broken, and so the rain is pouring from the top as well. And my windshield mm. wipers don't work. Do you know what I mean? Like that's oh. like that's what's happening. What is what is causing this? Normally, we don't get into the like the reasons for our not being okay mm. but i think during an, an irene and train episode like this is this is it is and, and fun scratching fact my hive. um thank you to all of the peeps who have like reached out to us via social media saying that they love the irene and trains because this is something that we've wanted to do for a while and we were like no one really wants to hear what we have to say they want to hear what the audience and the list and the guest has to say but yeah um boy were we wrong we were wrong yeah have you ever been wrong in your life irene <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we have we've planned a whole episode about why we were wrong. Why we're wrong? We yeah we we're definitely doing that. Yeah. So I don't know. I'm like itching my hives as it's happening. You know, it's just I posted this on on social media the other day. This is like Maslow's at its finest. Like I I right. don't I don't have a kitchen. Like I can't cook food. If I want to pop a bag of popcorn, like I cannot do that. I can't. Like what's popping? Don't mind me. Not really watching. Yeah, just like, you know, just all the things like I I can't wash my dishes. Yes, I can wash them in my bathroom sink, but my bathroom sink is a shallow sink. Like you can't you can't fit like big coffee mugs, you know, and then like I've got all my like, quote unquote, dirty dishes like all around my bathroom sink while I'm like trying to like do my makeup in the morning. It's just like it's you know, it's it's a a tough process. And then, of course, like we're getting when is this kitchen situation going to be like done? Because I feel like this is the kitchen reno that. From it's how? like the yeah you know it's so funny though I, this is how contractors are like my contractor is like oh we're gonna be done in two weeks and I'm like two weeks right you're gonna blow up my entire kitchen in two weeks and you're gonna put in a brand new kitchen in two weeks and he's like oh yeah you know like kind of like mansplaining to me a little bit like oh, oh yeah you don't know this is how it knows like you're right I don't I'm I'm just a dental hygienist that's all I you know and of course Ugh, that word here we are that word yeah, Just. I know. I know. Well, I, I'm being facetious, of course. But, you know, right. we're six weeks into the project and there's nothing in my kitchen. I don't have any cabinets. What are they doing? I don't like, have- I feel like in six weeks, if I had six weeks off, I could renovate your kitchen. I know. I know. That's where I'm like, I, I don't understand. Like, what are we doing? Are we moving all of the plumbing? Like, are we moving no. the kitchen to a different part of the house? No. Like, are we like, like no. how how <laughs> does it? It just like, are we are I'm we painting every cabinet no. by hand with no. your feet? Like none what? of that. I know. Yeah. I'm like, what? Who who's working in your lab here? Like a bunch of oompa loompas were inefficient. If anyone listening is uh, knows 
a contractor in the in the what? What's your area called? I'm in the Phoenix, in Phoenix? area in the in, in the thirty second street Phoenix. neighborhood. Yeah. If, if everyone anyone knows anyone in the Shaberhood, that yeah. sounds like it should be like on a TV show. I know. I, my life should be a TV show. It's like so crazy. Yeah. So, you know, it is what it is. So if, but you it's know, just, if you know anyone, can you just like send over a friend, like a phone a friend me. to go and like evaluate? Because I hope they don't. I hope the contractor doesn't bill like we bill here in Canada, like scaling units. Oh, so it's like no, it's funny no. because you'll have like a super experienced hygienist that might like clean someone's teeth a little bit faster, and then you'll get like a new grad that's like has had four hours to clean someone's teeth before, and now they're doing it for the first time, and they they're like, so the the new grad is perhaps like charging by the by the minute. Whereas, mm-hmm. so I wonder if that's what's happening in in your contractor's world. They're like charging you by the hour. No, so they're that's, gonna like take their sweet time. It's not that's what's so bizarre he's not tar- like he's like this is how much it's going to be to complete the project and it's like i don't know like i'm not like a crazy like business person i don't have an mba but like wouldn't it make sense to like complete could that project then like guy? faster like could you yeah. could you grease him a little could you be like listen what's his name joshua joshua hey joshua my name's katrina you know me i'm the one that signs the checks here listen this is between you and i I'm going to, I'm going to give you four grand. I feel like four is a good number. I'm going to give you four grand to finish this kitchen in cash. I'm just going to give it to you in a wad of cash at the very end. If you can finish this kitchen on Mm -hmm. this day, Mm -hmm. you don't have to split with your team. If you don't want to, this is just for you to make sure that things run smooth. Like, could really, he could not be greased. No. Yeah. Can't be greased. I can't. Yeah. I can't like do like some under the table stuff with my, I don't know, girl. It's like, it's the most bizarre thing. But anyways, okay. so at some point my kitchen will be done. But in the meantime, I'm just like feeling like so out of out of sorts, you know, and um, it, but it is what it is. Well, you look great. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, speaking of looking great, how are you? You look fabulous, by the way. Like you're just <laughs> this is our this is our second call today. The first call I did in my pajamas and the second I know, call I was like, after I had another makeover. call, like a sponsor call. <laughs> so I did my makeup and I this is just my hair after I so the my secret, if anyone wants to know how I get my like beach waves, uh-huh. is um, I sleep with like half a bottle of dry shampoo in my hair and oh. I put it in a, a bun and then when I have to do my hair for a video or a call, I you shake it uh, out. Take it down. I, t- I shake it out. So I don't actually like massage the dry shampoo into my hair. Oh, I just there you go. spray it. Okay. And then sleep with it. And then in the morning, this this is what this is what it looks like. Um, it looks pretty like natural curly. You look whatever. amazing. But yeah, so this is this is our. So thank you. Um, I am also. Um, the scotch tape holding up the mm. the cellophane on the window um <laughs> it's just uh so we're we're going to we're going to use this we're going to use our feelings um to talk about a variety of topics over the next next mm-hmm. few Irene and trains um and i think we should do do the thing we should do the thing from the beginning mm-hmm, like we do mm-hmm, with mm-hmm. all of our guests that we've never done with each other yeah of like whoa let's do you first let's Uh-oh. see if we can do and like let's yeah let's do you first and let's see if we can um we can do a way back playback to katrina i mean okay. we've learned a little bit about like where you grew up and where you went to school but like let's do the thing of like how you became the who you are today okay um and like we both like get those questions like how did you start 
yeah. speaking and how did you mm-hmm. start writing and how did you start social media stuffing? Mm-hmm. I think that's, a, is that a stuffing? word? Social it media is. stuffing? Well, stuffing is. <laughs> you I mean, I don't turkey, know how I, I feel mean. about the word influencer. Like, I feel like. I know. Influencer is so weird. I don't it's know. like, I, yeah, I agree. So speaking of influencers, um, because I know we get a lot, <laughs> I know we get a lot of questions about it, um, and uh, you know I wanted to before we deep dive into this to uh, thank um, one of the most influential, in my opinion, um, dental companies that's out there right now helping to support dental professionals, and that is our sponsoring partner, the amazing people of Dents by Serona. Um, gosh, they have certainly been a company, I think, that has really helped to kind of grab dentistry and dental hygiene, particularly by the bootstraps and and help us kind of move forward um, in a lot of the things that we've needed to do during this pandemic yeah. and beyond. I think that one thing to kind of highlight is that when I look at companies and, and as we're talking about like who we've partnered with and how we did that, like how we got to where we are, it's like, one thing to remember and maybe a piece of advice for anyone that's looking into getting into that world is like work with a company that has greatly benefited your profession mm-hmm. in the past and has been consistent and, and, and beyond sort of thing. And it's one of the reasons why I love and have partnered with Densefly Serona is because I always see them thinking about my profession as, you know, we are important, we are essential, and we deserve new technology. And most of the time, like companies will really focus on, t- on the, the person that's purchasing products. Like mm-hmm. they'll focus on mm-hmm. the docs and they'll like pump in resources and, and improve the way that a doc functions, uh, the technology that they use, the products that they use. Um, but I feel like it's, it's kind of an even split between docs and accessory uh, assistants, dental hygienists, reception team. Like DS has really done that. And one of the biggest, um, what's the word, additions to my practice that has helped not only my team work well, because my team also uses this product as, as well as I do, is the Freedom Polisher, which I yeah. think I've like nail hitting the nail on the head a million times by talking about like how it has improved our ergonomics and our function and mm-hmm. even patients are seeing it like patients are like whoa that's cool like you don't there's it's no super cord quiet to it anymore and like, it doesn't yeah it, it doesn't heat up on the tooth and it's not uncomfortable and doesn't feel icky and yeah right that's, yeah you're right, right. patients patients so, love it which uh, is, is another <laughs> huge benefit right yeah yeah so aside from you know it being an awesome piece of equipment to have and like hashtag goals to own in your office. Mm-hmm. Think of it as every time you purchase a product from a company that supports a dental hygienist or a dental team member, you're you're putting resources back into the hands of the people that can make change in the future. Yes. Yes. Um, and it's like a, you're given back, right? So if you go to Alibaba or if you go to like eBay and you buy a crappy polisher or a crappy air polisher or whatever it is that's made by some company that doesn't really care about the future of your profession. They just want to like sell, sell units. Yeah. Then that's what you're doing. You're just like pumping in resources to a company that's going to try and sell stuff that's not really going to benefit you or your patients. But when you buy something from a company like DS, um, you're, you're, you're putting your resources back yeah. into a company that's going to take those resources and make a positive change. So it's sustainable. Think, think of, think of your purchasing power as that. And that's Yes. That is exactly what I do now. Like when I go on and I log on to my, I use a variety of distributors to purchase stuff. I look at the product, not as just like, is this the cheapest thing that I can use? It's like, okay, so how do I feel about the company that I'm buying it from? Like, are you, mm-hmm. we all talk about like purchasing local, right? right like yeah, buying from small your local business stores, or, yeah. small businesses, mm-hmm. right? 
right? Um, that's kind of how I see it. So I anywho, agree. If, in, if you- in fact, to echo off of that, Irene, um, I made an announcement yesterday on social media that um, next year, so June of 2022, um, I'm going to be going to Rwanda and doing some humanitarian work there. And of course, the first company that I contacted to ask for support was Dense by Serona. And immediately they're like, oh, I, their first question was, you know, we want to make sure that whatever we send over can get hooked up. You know what I mean? To right. whatever ADAC chairs yeah. or whatever they've got going on in Rwanda. But um, we're going to be bringing over. I don't know if they have ins- ADAC chairs in Rwanda. They, they definitely do. don't have Serona Integro chairs in, they, in Rwanda. But they do in some in some <laughs> of they? the communities. They do. Yeah, because they receive oh, hand-me-downs. Okay. Of, so they have mm. some ADACs. But um, the point being, what I'm really excited about is we're going to be bringing a bunch of the um, new pro freedom hand pieces, which because they're cordless, we don't necessarily even have to worry about like what kind of hookups and things like that. We can readily take them into the community. And so to your point, this is a sustainable relationship that we have. Denswicerone is one of those companies that if they can, they will, they'll give back. And so I'm grateful um, for their ability to give us freedom hand pieces because not only is it freedom in the operatory but it's freedom I for us to be able to, your, to continue your, to give your event in her in Rwanda. in did i say it that way um <laughs> can you send me the details because that'd be really deets. cool to do oh my gosh. a live podcast there yes absolutely there's so many wonderful okay, people send me that the details. i'll to. come that also great. come if the borders are open by then. Um, if the borders are open in one year. Stay tuned. Yeah. But um, check it out. <laughs> uh, the new Pro Freedom, their Profi Pace is awesome. They've got, it's splatter free, which is going to be great. Um, you know, great for stain removal. And of course, this ginger's favorite <laughs> uh, a benefit, it's gluten free. So check it out, you guys. It's oh, yeah. awesome. And thank you again, Amazing Dense by Serena for their incredible support of this episode and for supporting Irene and Trine in our endeavors. We Okay, we were talking about... Well, we were talking about like, I get a lot of people that slide into my DMs and I'm sure you do too, oh, yeah. about like... How did you get where? where you are? Like, you know, it, and. Do, okay. So do the thing, do the, do the thing, the, the thing do, and do, do the do, Katrina do, side do. of things. Yeah. Um, tell me what you were like as a small human. Did you always want to get into dentistry? What made you do that? And um, yeah, where, where did it, you've got like, like uh, you don't have a whole episode to do no, this. No, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it Actually, you know fast. what? Let's do it. You do, do the rest of the episode of you. Cause I feel like you have a lot of, of you do you, and then we'll do me. On the next Irene okay. train. How All right. That? Great. Okay. I like Do it. Do it up. So um, I grew up in a small town in the Midwest. Um, the only important thing to know about my youth is that my mom was incredibly supportive in um, getting all of us kids access to whatever kind of uh, extracurricular activities and resources we wanted. So we went to zoo classes and we played like a zillion instruments and we volunteered at the nursing home and we did, you know, we were just so active and we were constantly involved in things. We acquired all of these really unique skills in arts and crafts and, um, you know, public speaking and just all of these different arenas. I will say I attribute a lot of my success to my mom. And one of my favorite stories about my mom was um, we had a, a project in fourth grade where we had to do, you had to pick a state project. This is a common thing in the United States. Like everybody in fourth grade has to do a state project. You pick a state in the U.S. and then you do a big project about it. Well, you had to do like different sections. So you had to write about the agriculture of the state. You had to write about the 
tourism of the state. You had to write about the state bird, the state flag, like all these things, right? <laughs> and I did the state of Indiana, which ironically is where RDH on one roof is going to be this year. So I know a lot about Indiana, by the way, from my fourth grade project. And in this fourth grade project, it, each section, there were like five options and you only had to do like two. You only had to write two of the options within this, you know, scaffolding. Well, my mom was like, no, you're going to do all five of each section, whatever you're required to do. So in agriculture, you you have to talk about the wheat farming and the dairy farming and the meat farming and the, you know, whatever. You have to write about all of these things. And it's like, oh, well, none of the other kids have to. But my mom was like, you're going to do it. So she made me do I did all of these sections. I went to school with my completed binder, it was like a four inch thick binder. Like I was, this thing was bigger than me. All the pages were color coded, like agriculture was in red and then tourism was in orange. We went to Kinko's, you know, and did this whole thing and whatever. So I submitted this project and the teacher gave me extra credit for the sections that I did that I didn't really have to do. So I completed this project with a 413%, (laughs) which is like, okay. So to this day, we always joke and say like, I don't do things to the 110%. I do it to the 413%. And that's an important piece because when we talk about like, how did you get where you are? I think sometimes, I mean, you and I are pretty raw and real on our podcast about like, oh, this is happening, that's happening. But I think a lot of people think that like these things just kind of land in your lap, that people just like call you out of the blue and they're like, hi, I have a bunch of money. You want it? And it's like, no, yeah, <laughs> it doesn't work that way. Like you really, it it requires a lot of work and gumption. And I know that people say that and a lot of hygienists- You're doing the thing that all of our guests do and you're fast forwarding. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm fast forwarding. So, all, and, and so it's funny when you do that. It's funny because now like, you know, the mentality of what our guests are like when we tell yeah. them to do the thing and then they like automatically fast forward to the beginning of, yeah. of like now. So funny that you did that. Okay. Don't, don't tell okay. us any more of that not because tell you we'll anymore. get more into the buckets of money um, and the, and the house oh, renovations. Yeah, but, I'm so, swimming so you finished your project. You finished, finished my project. Your project. You got 413%. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that was in the fourth grade. Mm-hmm. What did you want to be when you grew up, when you were in the fourth grade? Um, I don't remember, but my mom said that right away I wanted to be something in the health sciences. Um, she said I talked okay. about being a pharmacist for a while Um, she said, I also talked about wanting to be a lawyer and that kind of made sense because I started doing, you know, fourth grade into middle school, I started doing a lot of public speaking. I was on the forensics team. I was um, on the debate team. And then even into high school, I was captain of the debate team, varsity switch side. And, um, I did, you know, a lot of the like public forums and things like that. I was in the theater Um, so I, I very much from a young age, very much felt comfortable on stage with a spotlight on me. Um, I played a zillion instruments, so I, I certainly didn't feel uncomfortable with people staring at me. Um, I, Mm. being in the theater was huge because I, you have to take a lot of improvisational, uh, course content, which, you know, I hope that you're kind of hearing as I'm building this story about how all of these like little puzzle pieces just start to kind of click. Um, but yeah. I, I'd really built out a lot of those, um, I don't mean to say that they're talents, but they're just, you know, little accolades skills. and things that have, they're skills. they're skills that you've built along the way. They're in like fact, soft skills. Yes. Soft skills. So in fact, uh, I was in Wisconsin, um, what, two months ago, uh, clearing out my parents' estate 
and we came across my letter jacket from high school and it's like just covered in medals. And I brought it home and I showed it to the lumber and he's just like, wow. You know? And I'm like, no, it makes it look like I was like far more accomplished than I was. I just like, I was just, I, I was just doing all the things, you know? Um, so right. I'm very grateful for that. It really helped kind of curate who I am. Um, I wanted to, I started to explore dentistry in high school. And in fact, I hmm. really found, fell in love with dentistry when I shadowed a local dentist. Um, he happened to be my high school boyfriend's dentist at the time. So my high school boyfriend okay. had a, a decay on number 18 or something needed to go in for a filling. And, you know, they're like, well, go, go with John and, and, you know, observe what the dentist does in the day. And the dentist was, you know, you see the highlights reel of it, but he was just bopping from operatory to operatory and, you know, socializing with people. And, you know, he went in to go and anesthetize John and he even like, let me like put my hand on his hand. He was doing an IA nerve block. And he's like, do you feel that? Like that's his jawbone. And that gives me the anatomy and blah, blah, blah. And I didn't pass out with any of that. So I kind of thought it was cool. And from there, I, 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 really, I got bit by the bug, um, by the strep mutans bug, uh, and decided that I really, I, I loved dentistry. I wanted to get into it. I had a great experience growing up in dental hygiene. My dental hygienist, her name is Linda. Um, she, she just had, do you still see her? I don't know. Have you ever gone back to see her? I I have not. No, I, I went to a pediatric dentist growing up and Ironically, mm. my pediatric dentist, his name was Dr. Don, Don Whitlock. He was a really famous pediatric speaker, I guess, at the time. Like his accolades were all over the office, but it was like an insane pediatric office. And he was very smart. He hired two orthodontists to work within his pedo practice. Um, you know, he did, you know, incredible, you know, restorative cases and things like that. Very progressive for the time. Um and in fact, in my high school years, I remember um, going to pick up a friend of mine, Joey, who lived in like kind of the wealthy part of town. And I'm driving Ooh. towards Joey's house and I'm, I drive past this Joey's neighbor who has this like huge house with like tennis courts and basketball courts. And I'm like, Joey, like your neighbor's got this insane house. And he's like, yeah, he's a, he's a dentist. And I'm like, oh, that's cool. And he's like, yeah, you may have heard of him, um, Don Whitlock. And I'm like, okay, my parents probably paid for that tennis court. Like, dude, man had like, stuff. <laughs> they called him Diamond Don because he had like diamonds on all of his fingers. Anyways, really, it, I feel yep. like that's like that's a weird thing um, to like advertise oh, yeah. as a pediatric dentist. Oh, yeah. I mean, like Absolutely. if you're like this like bougie cosmetic dentist, like if you're like an appa, no one's gonna blink an eye if you're wearing like a five thousand dollar bruno cucciatelli whatever his mm-hmm. name is blazer but um but when you're a pediatric dentist in a small town like just blinging it out with diamonds oh, dude on all was diamond don did not was, care he was, he was li- like literally shakalaka bling bling and yeah he was he was so into it um but yeah he 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 enjoyed what he did his hygienist enjoyed what she did you could tell they had a really cool camaraderie um, I got to play like Sonic the Hedgehog on like Sega when I went into the dentist. I got stickers. Oh God, like that totally dates you know, us. Totally I mean, yeah, dates totally. Us. Yeah, I know. Now, now you guys know how old I am. So then, but, so then what? So you you hung out with Drip and Don, Drip and Don, um, Diamond and, Don, and, and, yeah, and Drip and, 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 Drip and Don, and, and then I, and then and then what? I, and then so what you I, do? You I wait. knew I knew I I loved dental hygiene and dentistry, 
you know, from that point forward, went to hygiene school and um, applied to get into the University of Minnesota. It was very, very, very competitive. I do not know how the heck I got in. I really do not. I had no experience. I didn't know the tooth numbers. I didn't, quite honestly, I didn't even know what a hygienist actually did. Um, it was like our mm. second semester of hygiene school and they're talking about like probing and injecting. And I'm like, wait, we do that. <laughs> My classmates like, yeah. <laughs> so, um, I, you know, it was a, a, quite an experience. I, I fell in love with hygiene school. I was at like dweeby kid in the front row with like all the flashcards and the post-its. I loved studying. I loved writing papers. I loved highlighting things. I loved being in the coffee shop. Like I did. Um, I mean, not every day was amazing. Yeah. You had like you know, you're trying to get your patient requirements and this, and you know, yeah, those things happened, but I still loved what I did. Um, then graduated from hygiene school, got out working in quote unquote, the real world and, uh, moved down to Phoenix to begin practicing. And I think that's where the story kind of takes an interesting turn because when I started, and we talked about this on our last episode, when I started practicing, I practiced in an office where I was very much pushed and and almost bullied into their lower standard of excellence. And that kind of became, uh, that was very uncomfortable for me. And, um, I, I very much focused and remained tethered to what my core values were in working clinically. And over the years, um, you know, I began, began to gather a lot more confidence in my own skills, in my ability to communicate with my patient and my ability to gain case acceptance Um, and along the way, the universe, I truly believe started to just toss things in my path. And this is where we talked about this on our last episode, like your, your career is your own, your career is what you make it. Um, and this is where I had to start really paying attention to what was placed in front of me. I started teaching with a local hygiene program, um, this particular, so how many years in, so like year zero to, when started, did you like leave that shady place? Um, so I, I worked at that DSO for two years, um, went into family okay. practice, um, and I, I wanted to pay off my student loans very quickly. So I was actually working six days a week clinically. So I'd work four days a week for one office, quote unquote, full time, and then two days a week for another office. So I always had my hand in multiple offices. That's where it kind of bleeds the lines about uh, I worked in a family practice and a cosmetic practice. Then I moved worked full-time in cosmetics and worked part-time in a Medicare Medicaid practice. You know, I was kind of all over the place, but I liked that because I got a lot of variety early on in my clinical yeah. career. You're polishing what veneers one like, day and the next year, what was, you know. What was it like working in a Medicaid practice? What does that mean? Because we don't have Medicaid here. So what does it mean? Yeah. So a, a Medicare or a Medicaid practice is a practice that is a low, uh, the clientele is a very low socioeconomic status, low dental IQ, low medical IQ, and you're primarily billing with a state access plan. Um, mm-hmm. And so you're a bit limited in some of the procedures that you can do. They won't pay for uh, composites. So you're doing amalgams type thing. Um However, so that in Canada, that's like the equivalent of um, ODSP or Healthy Smiles um, sure. and billing. Uh, the insurance company or the, the the main insurance company is Acerta. So gotcha. Yeah. yeah so and and I think everybody's got a version of that. And and you you start to realize that some of the challenges are you're you're tethered to what some of those plans can cover. Um, but the other layer to a lot of that is 
this is a clientele that oftentimes has a lot of systemic issues. Um, we saw a lot of early onset diabetes in the youth there. Their nutrition was not amazing. Tobacco habits were a challenge versus working in Scottsdale, Arizona, where you've got the upper echelon of Scottsdale. And your biggest challenge is that your patient just got lip fillers done 10 minutes ago and they don't want you pulling on their lips. You know what I mean? It's, it was a different dichotomy. <laughs> um, and, and, I, and I loved both. I found for me that I really enjoyed working in the Medicare Medicaid practice because with patients like that, I could really make a massive difference. And and I know that, you know, not everybody feels that way. There are a lot of people that want to wear the, the you know, um, bougie scrubs and have all of the accoutrements in their opera train. And I didn't have that, um, but it still, it felt so good and so incredibly impactful. I also So does the dentist that own is is the clinic owned by a dentist or is the clinic owned by the government? It's owned by a dentist. Mm -hmm. And he builds so that, that to dentist the government has plans. made so that dentist has has made a willing decision to focus their practice on helping these people. Yes. That's admirable. Yeah. That's really, really super cool. admirable. Yeah. Uh, so I, I will say what has been perhaps the best aspect of that journey, and this is where for our viewers at home listening um, to really think about is uh, early on, I got an incredible amount of unique experience. No, it was not glamorous. There were, I remember a day when a gentleman came in and he had so much infection in his mouth that he was septic. In fact, we couldn't even treat him. We called an ambulance and had him transported to a hospital to get on IV antibiotics. But he was in the reception area, projectile vomiting. I mean, but like vomiting oh bile. I, and I remember like holding a trash bag because this man was so sick. I, the amount of um, medical emergencies that I managed, the amount of infection that people would come in with. These cases that I saw, you most people don't see in a typical dental practice or the experiences I had in managing right. medical emergencies, most people in a controlled environment wouldn't necessarily see. So although it was like, oh my gosh, what, what <laughs> fresh hell am I walking into today? On the back end, when I started teaching, which was about four years out of hygiene school, I got my first faculty position as an adjunct faculty that quickly moved into a full-time. Within about six months, they offered me a full-time contract to teach. I felt prepared. I felt like if something crazy happens in this clinic, like I'm good. I've managed this before. Yeah. So, you know, I, I want, I want our, our listeners to know sometimes when these silly things happen in your day, like if this isn't happening to you, it's happening for you. What is, what is this preparing yeah. you for? What is this helping you to do? Um, our doctor in that Medicare Medicaid practice, he was so busy with restorative endo extractions that he didn't do his own anesthesia. I did all of his mm. anesthetic for him. So imagine early on, like I'm, I'm learning like how much anesthetic can I give a, a 27 year old who's having full mouth extractions, alveos and immediate dentures, but how much anesthetic can I give that person before I make them sick? What injections should I be doing to, you know, make this efficient for the doctor? Those are things that yes, they they're challenging, but for me, like that was thrilling. It was exciting. And I, uh, you know, quickly moved into uh, working in a faculty position where I attained a lot of experience, not only clinically and observing some of the challenges that students were having, but I was building programmatic content. I was building curriculum. I was writing yeah. PowerPoints. I 
started uh, my master's degree, finished my master's degree, wrote a textbook, uh, wrote three editions of my textbook while I was there. And all of those things are things that shaped me in a completely different way. I had the clinical savvy and then I became challenged in how do you write educational content? How do you communicate with students in a way that's impactful, that helps them to become excited about the profession, helps train them and prepare them for what they could see in clinical practice and help inspire them to maybe continue their education, you know, beyond what they were doing in the program that I was in. And so, you know, again, just like all these puzzle pieces start to kind of click for me when people ask me, like, how did you get where you are today? There, there's no secret sauce. It's not just a one thing, yeah. right? Like uh, in the book, Good to Great, they say that like there's there's no one magic word you can say to a patient to get them to accept treatment. There's no one magical thing that I did. There's no camp I went to for two weeks, <laughs> you know, that built me for where I am. <laughs> it was it was mom's foundational, like you, you put your hand in a zillion pots and learn all of the things. And oh, by the way, give back volunteer. I was a Girl Scout. Like you, you give of your heart in as many ways as possible and, and be a people person and learn about what it is that people want and learn how you can give that to them and know your strengths, understand your weaknesses, focus on your strengths. Um, you reach out to people who can supplement when you have a weakness you know, moving along, fall in love with something. If you don't love what you're doing, it doesn't matter. You can, It's like just putting lipstick and pearls on a pig. Like it doesn't matter if you don't <laughs> love what you're doing. It's going to be so hard. I fell in love with dental hygiene. Not every day, not every minute of every day, not every patient I saw, but for the most part, I fell in love with hygiene early on. I loved studying. I loved learning this content. I loved absorbing this content. It, it mattered to me. When I graduated and I was quote unquote bullied in clinical practice, you know, I was so focused on caring for my patients and making that right. And that transcended everything. When I went into education, my students knew, or at least I hope most of them knew at the time, like if you get Sanders as your instructor, she's going to make sure that you do this the right way, that you understand how to approach this patient care the right way. You know, isn't it funny when you like, you ask a a former student Mm -hmm. of like what you were like as a teacher And in the moment, like they think that, oh, they're mean or they're this or they're tough. Like, oh, you don't want Miss Irene to do your extra oral and intraoral exam because like a lot like you, I was tough on those. I I didn't want people to miss something because in my career, I missed something in that Mm -hmm. leap that led to someone having oral cancer. Right. So I'm like going to hammer it down on my students. So it's so funny when you ask students like in the when they become your colleagues because that's the you know, the is. ultimate goal is for a student to become a colleague what you're like so i wonder what you were like as a teacher were you if someone were to to describe you what would they say you were like um you know in ironically i just went hiking with a previous student turned colleague of mine over the weekend <clears throat> and i i'll say irene i almost got choked up because She started, she was having some challenges in clinical practice and she was sharing, you know, just some of the things that are going on in the office. And then she was, she told me how she responded and what she said. And I'm just like, I, and I told her, I'm so proud of you. And she turned to me and she said, well, you taught me all of that. And it's like, you know, I like, I'm getting like choked up thinking about it now. It just, it's so special. Um, and, and I will say, and you know, this and any of the faculty listening, 
Uh, not every day being a faculty member is glitz and glam either. People think that you're just like sitting at a desk, like doing nothing all day, sipping coffee. No, you you have, you know, students are approaching you with challenges and you've got all of these, you know, things that you you have to do. And um, so to put all of those stresses aside and to show up in the classroom with a smile on your face and with the excitement, you know, that's resiliency. It's the same thing as getting bad news and then turning off your phone and going into the operatory and, and showing up for your patient. Um, right. you know, and, and it, it does, it takes a lot of love, a lot of, um, a lot of compassion to be able to do that, uh, which segued into where I am now, which has been an insane journey. Do you remember your first speaking gig? Yes, I what do. What was your first speaking <clears throat> gig? What was your very first speaking gig? And what was that like for you? Uh, my first speaking gig was a self-sponsored speaking gig, actually. <clears throat> um, I what had does that several, mean by self-sponsored? So I hadn't, nobody, nobody wanted to hire me. I, I wanted to start speaking. I had all this course content that was out there. Nobody wanted to hire me. Um, I didn't have any speaking gigs under my belt. Um, you know, I didn't, I didn't have, uh, I had a website, but it was kind of a rinky dinky website. Um, I was, you know, this is, I was relatively quote unquote young to be a speaker. Yeah. I didn't, you know, I certainly hadn't been on the circuit for a long time. Nobody knew my name. So nobody wanted to hire me. So uh, I had several previous students who had graduated who had reached out to me because they wanted some help with instructional content on alternative injections. And they said, hey, Sanders, would you put together a course for us? We'd love to take it. So I put together this course on alternative injections. And I, at the time, I still am a VIP member of a local wine bar in town. And at the time, VIP members could use their back room for free. Um, So Mm. I asked this wine bar, hey, can I just use your back room for free? I'll buy a couple of bottles of wine. And I think I charged like 15 bucks a ticket or something, just enough to buy like a couple of little charcuterie boards and some glasses of wine for everybody. And I put this stupid flyer together, slapped it up on Facebook, and then went about my day. And I actually oversold the course. I had to, I didn't, I had to actually rent chairs from a local rental spot because I didn't have enough chairs in the facility. The fire marshal was not happy, but, um, that was my very first speaking (laughs) gig. I was so excited to do it. I spent all this time, put together this like crazy anesthesia program. My, you know, a bunch of my previous students, a couple of other local professionals heard about it, came, they loved this whole concept of like drinking wine and talking about dental hygiene thing. Um, and that's where people started to call me the dental wine genist was because my content was being taught out of a wine bar. I love that. Um, I love that which so, so much cool. because I feel like a lot of um, individuals that want to get into speaking, they focus on the sponsorship part first. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they're like, well, who's going to pay me to do this? And I, and I think that uh, – if you loved something enough, then you would do it for free. And I, Absolutely. I mean, at the, be- at the beginning, I'm not Absolutely. saying like work for free forever, but at the beginning, like love something enough that you're willing to just do it for free. And eventually the money will come and um, you get to a point where you're like, well, I'm not going to do anything for free because the time and resources that go into it is, you know, extensive. Well, yes. But for you is like a newbie in the speaking world. And you're like, I just want to share this material for someone that asked me for it. Mm-hmm. Um, that is like brilliant. Would you give that advice to someone now, uh, yeah, knowing absolutely. what you know now? Absolutely. I, I would say my big, yeah, my biggest advice, and, and you took the words right out of my mouth, Irene, you're so spot on, is uh, be prepared to not get paid for a while. Yeah. But if you truly love it and you stick with it and you build it out, people, people can't not notice they can't. If you are absolutely love what you do, I say this all the time. I go to Jazzercise and I have like the 
stupidest grin on my face the entire time I'm at Jazzercise. Like I freaking love it being there. And, and everybody says like, I, we can't help but watch you because you have, you just love what you do so much when you're at Jazzercise. And it's like, I feel that way about dental hygiene. I feel that way about speaking. I feel that way about being in the operatory. My, my coworker, I worked clinically yesterday. My coworkers are like, we love it when you're here because I just love being there. People can't help but notice. So be patient. I think people see speakers on the circuit. They see this, you know, oh, champagne, Calvin Klein dresses and high heels and this whole thing. And it's like, okay, it's a long trajectory to get there. And even still, like, that's the highlights mm. reel. That's not, that's not the behind the scenes of like yeah. drinking the crappy hotel room coffee and like ordering Uber Eats to your room at like 11 o'clock at night because nothing's open. Well, there was no Uber Eats when I started uh, no, working. No, not for me either. The, no, like yeah. Uber Eats, was you couldn't order Uber Eats. No. To, you'd have to like... Find, I get a packet of tuna and, and like, like eat it. Yeah, right. Whatever, whatever find you can a get. Convenience you know? store somewhere. Yeah, hand, handful of cashews or almond. But you know that that's the right. idea. Is that like if if you want to get into this the speaking world, into the influencing world, into the consulting world, um, know your core values. Know what it is that has driven you throughout dental hygiene. Uh, take the lessons that you've learned throughout dental hygiene. The skills that you've gathered. Be fully aware of the things that you are not skilled at. There are many things I am not skilled at. Um, I I like being organized. I don't like organizing. So, mm-hmm. you know, up front, I needed to do a lot of these things. Now I'm fortunate. You and I are, are very fortunate. We're in a place now where we both can hire team members to help us with a lot of those things. But I'm sure you remember the day. And, and I, I look forward to unpacking this with you, Irene. Um, there was a day when you did everything, right? There's a day when I did ever. There's still, a, I, I still do like a lot of things. People, people right. think I'm like team members doing a lot of this. I'm like, nope, that's me at 11:30 at night making that icon on Canva. So you know, right. it, if you love it, if you absolutely love it, and it it matters to you, then you know, be prepared to do it for free for a long time. Or in some cases, I had to pay to fly myself and put myself up in a hotel and some of these, you know, speaking engagements, it's an investment Mm. in you. It's you saying no to late night happy hours with friends because you need to write these programs or send those emails. It's you saying no sometimes to that vacation or that brand new car because you need to invest in a speaker packet or a coach to help you with X, Y, and Z. I mean, the sacrifice is, is there, um, but so is the reward. Um, if you really right. commit and you do, as mom taught me, 413%. Well, well, what a great way to end this episode of all about you. I feel like there's so much that we didn't even talk about. Like we still yeah. need to, but maybe so we much need to do a part two Irene, of this. Irene and Trine. Yeah. Like, you know, how, how maybe we do that as, as a joint thing. Like, how do you get a sponsor and how, mm-hmm. how do you put together a speaker? Like, what does a speaker packet even look like? Yeah. Um, but okay, we'll save that for another day. So thanks again yes. for tuning in to another episode. Uh, it is time. Is it time, Katrina? I think it is. It is time. It is the, the tooth or dare uh, time. Okay. Um, and while we cue this up, the, the rest of you need to follow us on Instagram. You can follow me, Irene, at toothlife.irene. You can follow Katrina at the Dental Wine Genist. And of course, if a dare happens here, you can watch it go down at toothordare.podcast. Um, it still ready, feels ready? weird that it's just you and I, by the way. Like, this still feels weird. I know, but Does I'm okay with you? it. I like it. I li- yeah, yeah no, no. I like it too. It feels very intimate. I like it. Yeah. Okay. Okay, ready? Do it. Rock, Rock paper, paper, scissors, scissors shoot. Huh. Oh, I beat you. I I lost. Yes. Damn. Okay. I'll take a dare. You're going to take a dare? 
Yeah, I did one last week too, but it kind of fell through because I didn't no, realize that some of my friends, my friends from dental hygiene school, like don't like being on camera, and they also like no. they're like, don't share my full name, don't tag me. So I'm like, okay, fine. They're so like, I don't. did like a little <laughs> a little story series with their messages. I was kind of wishing that you would you would lose this so that I could ask you to do the same thing, but I'll have to save it for another day. No, I'll, okay. What do you how, want me to how do? We do this. I do you want me to accept a dare? Oh. Will you? I'll accept a dare. <gasps> oh, tables have turned. So I want you to do the same thing. And instead of like doing it on a call, I want you to do it via text message because I kind of preferred the way that it happened because then I okay. could preface the stories because they were saying stuff that like nobody would have understood, like okay. how we won the award for community service and this project. So I want you to do the same thing, like just start a conversation with like a couple of your friends from from school and from then copy school. the okay. comments or from hygiene school. Yeah. Copy the comments and then okay. like do a little story time about like what you were like in school and what they thought you were like in school. Got it. I can do that. I'm, I'm excited. excited. I'm excited. Woo-hoo. I'm excited. This will be cool. Okay. Yay. All right. You know where to find this. It'll be in the story highlights. So you've got to turn on your notifications to be notified of new story highlights. Um, mm-hmm. And again, thanks again to DS for sponsoring yes. this episode uh, and for really like looking at dental hygiene as a long-term investment yes. in patient health and of course in our career. So thank you so much. Um, link below uh, to, to teleport to where you can learn more about the Freedom Polisher. Check it out, you guys. They're cool. so awesome. And please support them, if for no other reason than to support them, because they're supporting my Rwanda, Irene and I in our Rwanda mission of excellence. <laughs> All right. Okay, then. All right, everyone. Peace out, peeps. Cheers. There was no flippity flip. Darn it. Do we just want to do on the flippity flip right now in the in the bloopers? <laughs> on the, on the and flippity then flip. You can catch us on the flip side. <laughs> on the flippity flip.